0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. I'm Dr. Jaime G. Regoza, a life coach, psychologist, and your host. Join me on a journey to inspire and transform ordinary lives into something special. Here, we celebrate the unicorns, those who choose not to follow the ordinary conventional path, but rather chase after their dreams and choose the path less taken, making them truly unique. Together, we'll explore powerful life coaching techniques and hear from special guests who embody the spirit of unicorns in their own way. What are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and coach who has profound insights into living a life with purpose, meaning, and sharing your message. Through her company, Grace Point Publishing, she has helped thousands of authors in her 25 years of publishing as a a publishing consultant. She has five best selling books and pulls back the curtain to help nonfiction authors combine purpose, mission, and books to elevate their platforms and profit. I'll let her share more about herself. So without further ado, welcome, Michelle vandepass.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: It's so wonderful to be here. I'm really excited. So tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into this field.
1: Oh, my goodness. Life isn't a straight line at all. So if you would have asked me early um, on, what if I'd be in publishing, I would have said, no, I didn't even think I'd be writing books. I really went out in school. I was not a good student at school. I'm a terrible editor. I don't know how to spell. And God's laughing at me right now because here I am publishing books, hundreds and hundreds of books, but over 200 books in my own publishing company. And it's definitely not a straight line. And you never know where life's going to take you. I'll tell you whatever you want to know about how I got here. But it, it was a surprise to me as well as most of my family.
0: Was there a defined moment where you're like, I'm going to go ahead and do this route? Like, this is the what I'm going to do for my life.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago. I'm officially old by government standards. And when you hit over that 65 mark, mm-hmm. uh, right? And it wasn't that long ago. It was, we're in 2024 now, eight years ago. So I had been... Marketing consultant. I've been a business coach. I've been a coach. I did website design and helped other people as part of my marketing company do websites like 20 years ago, like way back in the day. And I wrote a book 25 years ago about marketing and I saw how it helped my platform, helped me get clients, all those kinds of things. And so I started consulting with my clients that they should write a book and then I would help them. It, I didn't really decide, yes, I'm going to go into publishing until 2016. So I had been doing this on and off as part of kind of my marketing company and my coaching company, helping other people publish. But the, even when I said I'm a publisher, I think between 2016 and the end of 2019, I only published five books under my company, nothing. And then I was at a business conference in 2019, and everybody was talking about what are your goals? At the end of 2019, I was at a business conference, and we were talking about what are your goals? What are you going to do? What are you looking forward to? And I, I got this thunderbolt. We all want it, right? We just want this thunderbolt of enlightenment and clarity to come to all of us. And I'm like, I need to just go all in on publishing. So at the end of 2019, I went all in on publishing, and then, of course, COVID hit, right? Right. And so two things happened. Number one, I went all in on publishing, and I spent the beginning of January 2020 setting up all these conferences. I was going to buying booths at trade fairs, speaking at different events. I set all that up for 2020, right? And... The other thing I did early 2020 was just decide I was going to just go all in on publishing and helping writers write. So 2020 was an interesting year because obviously all those things went away, all the trade shows, all the events, everything went away. But a lot of people said, hey, guess what? I think I have time to write my book. And as with most things in life, it's good and bad and turns out for the best, but It was a roller coaster.
0: I could only imagine, and especially something that was so in-person, so human to human that you were always out there and now suddenly we have to go virtual and what you got used to is no longer the normality. It must have been a big shift for you.
1: Yeah, I was doing a lot of Zoom coaching and way back in the day Skype coaching and all of that a long time before COVID hit, but it was coaching, but the whole thing about going to events and trade shows and and presenting myself that I had set up in 2020, and a lot of those people never refunded our money because they were small events. They were having, they were struggling. Uh, maybe they had insurance, but not for COVID, right? It was a whole thing. And so we lost a lot of that money in 2020. But like I said, clients came to us and people wanted to write books.
0: So did you see like a big influx in writers that actually wanted to get more consulting and how to finish their book?
1: Yeah, we did. We did in 2020. And what happened was a lot of people committed in 2020. And sometimes just because you commit doesn't always mean you follow through. We know that about the human spirit. (laughs) We know that about us. We might commit to something we may or may not follow through. So a lot of those people from 2020 that committed, like we're publishing a book Monday from someone that committed actually with me in 2016, we're finally publishing. So a lot of people get scared. and A lot of those people in 2020 thought, oh, I'm going to have all this time to just contemplate and write my book. And then the reality was they were, you'll remember this, wiping down their mail and their Inside of their car with Lysol wipes and all that. And it hit right? And so people were a little crazy for a year before things settled down. And so some of those people went on to write and some did not.
0: That makes sense. For From what you've noticed, what is the average percentage of, per, of per, once a person so, says, I'm going to write a book, who actually publish a book?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. People hire me to coach them. And we're going to talk about purpose and help because it's all related. It's all related, but they hire me to coach them, so I would say ninety percent of the people I coach end up publishing a book one way or another because they'd hired me to coach them. A lot of people who just come into my free programs may or may not have committed at the same level. part of though what happens is they and I talk about this in purpose. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a little turn here because yeah, go for it. What happens, and I'm talking about nonfiction books, as you start writing, you really have to lean into what you really believe and what your thought leadership is, what you really want to put down on paper. And so as a, as part of the writing process, you get really clear about who you are. You get really clear what you stand for, what you really want to say, what you want to wave your flag about out there in the world because it may end up being a published book. And you, I talk a lot about purpose without writing a book. But when you're writing a book, you really get on purpose because you realize that you have something to say and how are you going to say it? And then if you don't lean into that purpose, you might get full of self-doubt or scared. I had one person tell me today it was terrifying because she's 90% through with her manuscript. And she, oh my gosh, it's getting close to actually being published.
0: This is terrifying. It's normal. Yeah, I think that's when the imposter syndrome kicks in and yeah. you start feeling like I may not be good enough. What if nobody reads my book? Right.
1: And I play devil, uh, devil's advocate a little bit. I don't like that term, but what if nobody reads your book? It's a Byron Katie question, too. What if nobody reads your book? Was it still worth it to write it? Mm -hmm. Almost everybody. So something I did for me, they may not go into it thinking that, but the whole process of writing a book is incredibly up-leveling.
0: Yeah, and I actually had an author come on here and say, you're not writing a book for others. You're writing the book for you. This is a book that you, it's your story. You want it out there. So write it as if you're the target audience and watch other people relate to you because they're in the same place that you're at now. Right.
1: Now, I agree with that. And there are people who write a book as for business to help promote their business. And then you got to add a little bit extra to those books, right? And we want it to be a book that other people want to read. So what I would say is you write your first draft for you totally for you. Maybe no one will ever read that. Don't worry about throwing your uncle under the bus. It's for you. You're writing it. It's your words. It's your thoughts. And then when you work with an editor, some of that may get polished. Some of that may get changed a little bit. Some of that may get taken out. Other words may get edited, but definitely the first draft is 100% for you, the writer.
0: I like that. And I think that's where you start adding like coaches. You start adding like the editors to like really make it from that first version to the last version.
1: Absolutely. You may need a coach as you go through the writing process to help you keep going and stay on track. But after you get a first draft or maybe a little before it's finished, you want to start thinking about editors and not, I, I just, we'll get back to purpose, but not like copy editors. Mm. Don't I have people make the mistake of hiring a copy editor and then sending me a book or sending someone else a book. And they say, oh, chapter four makes no sense. And so then you go into rewrites and then you have to do all that copy editing all over again. You've just wasted all that time, money and effort. So there's a higher level editing you always start with that most people don't really know about.
0: Okay. And for listeners that may not know the difference between regular editing and copy editing, do you yeah. mind defining that?
1: Yeah, a copy editing is when you are past a first draft. A first draft is just everything, just all your words, mind dump. And then you're going to look and see if it flows. Does it move from chapter to chapter? Do all the stories make sense? Are they in the right place? Do you need further segues? Do you need? Are you repetitive? Do you need to take things out? That's more developmental editor, high-level editor, maybe a book code. Someone before you get to things like sentence structure and commas and periods and, and spelling and all that kind of stuff and gr- grammar, that all comes later. The first thing is the flow of the
0: book. Got it. That makes more sense. Yeah. So going back to purpose, what, how do you know if you have an idea and if that's going to be your purpose or you have those people who are multi-passionate? And they just want to talk about everything and it gets so convoluted. How do you know which one to like target? Which one is your purpose? I
1: love this question. So I wrote a book about purpose. It's one of my books. And after chasing my purpose for 25 years where I'm like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Is it this? Is it that? And researching, and I used to have a podcast on it, and really praying and meditating and writing and journaling and talking to people about purpose. I came to this conclusion your purpose is nothing that you do or that you think or that you want to do. Your purpose just is. You are born on this planet, you have a purpose. You may or may not ever recognize it, know what it is, but you have one and you're already living it. Now, That's a hard thing to be because that says you have to accept yourself for who you are and you are already making a difference. That's the first piece of that. Now, the second piece of that is I like to identify purpose with how you share your heart with others. How do you express yourself? If you're a cashier at a grocery store, do you like to chat with people, nurture people, give them love as they come through? Are you very um, organized and efficient, right? You can tell the personality even by something like that. If you are a natural born caregiver, it doesn't mean you're going to be caring for others in hospice. You could be a nurse, but you could bring caregiving into a teacher role. You could bring caregiving I have somebody on my team here at the publishing office who is so caring to all the other team members, right? It's like that old-fashioned idea we have of the grandma at the office who would bring baked goods every week, right? You bring that energy to whatever you're doing. So if you find yourself, and it's a verb, it's how we are being in the world, not what we're doing. So if you find yourself being a natural Caregiver, a natural teacher, a natural na- think. Some people just naturally to connect everybody and everything, right? Natural politician or what I would call like a me- mechanic personality, like very organized and systematized, right? You bring that with you, no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing. And the more you bring, that's the essence of who you are. The more fulfilled you will be in whatever you're doing. Okay, so it's a different way of looking at purpose than some people. Now, passion, because you talked about passion, that's a choice. There have been times in my life when I've been passionate about watercolors, about passionate about writing, about passionate about dancing, right? Those are choices. Those are hobbies. It doesn't mean I want to go make a living from them. I have been a lot of different things in my career, but the overarching everything has been sharing, teaching, reading, right? Right. Over everything I do, I teach. So that's one of the verbs that I use for my purpose. I teach my kids. I teach at home. I teach when I'm on vacation. If someone asks me a question, what the way it tends to come out is in a teaching role, right? When I was coaching, I was teaching, when I was consulting, when I was doing marketing. So that's one of the verbs and one of the things I bring to everything that I do. That's how I. Differentiate it, and what you do with your life is totally a choice you'll feel more satisfied though if you can connect with two or three verbs that are how you're being in the world and less frustrated if you allow yourself to be who you so right it's just go back to the same thing no matter be who you are don't be afraid to be who you are express yourself be authentic right it's all the same it's all the same stuff
0: and for someone who's struggling to really do that reflection and know their purpose. Yeah. Is there any questions that you recommend they ask themselves to get the thought process going?
1: Yeah, it's how do you express your love in the world? How do you express your love to your partner, your kids, your dogs, right? So like, I don't know, my dogs, I like pet them and play with them for a minute, enjoy them on the floor curled up next to me. My son-in-law babies those dogs. Hand gives them food, chops up like fresh food for them, right? Brushes them. Babies, my dog's like anything. He has that more of that caregiver heart, right? And so, just notice how you're sharing your love and how you're being in the world. Somewhere, I have a list of verbs that you can go through and see what you relate to, right? And it's, do you relate to leader, teacher, caregiver, politician, creator? What do you relate to? And if you relate to it and don't think you're there yet, it doesn't matter. You may relate to leader and not feel like you're a leader. It doesn't matter. If you relate to it, it means it's part of who you are and allow yourself to step into that.
0: I like that. Now, I know you have a master class that you teach. Um, Is this included in there or is this something completely different?
1: I, I bring purpose into every single thing I do because it's just part of who I am. And so when I talk with authors, it's what your purpose is. So we talk about purpose the way I did, but then I also use purpose in why are you writing the book? Get really clear about why you want to do this. Who is this for? Is it on your bucket list? Right. So I talk about purpose in a different way that way as well. But I don't subscribe to the write your book in 90 days and follow this blueprint thing because I don't think it gives room for people's individual purpose. So I bring that into everything I do. And I have a master class on being aligned with living bigger out there in the world. Destined for more is what that class is called. And I have a master class on writing. and I have several that I teach.
0: Awesome. And are these all for, can a novice writer go in and like oh, yeah. they never started?
1: Oh yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Because here's the thing. I have an author who's written 27 books and she still calls me and says, I hate this book. This sucks. I'm a terrible writer, right? We all have the same stuff. It doesn't matter. We all go through self-doubt. We all go through imposter syndrome. We may have more dollars or we may have more books or we may have more kids or we may have more whatevers, but that doesn't mean you don't still go through the human condition.
0: Is there anything that you, because you're very accomplished and you help people every single day with this, is there anything that helps you or that you tell yourself to quiet that imposter syndrome voice down?
1: Uh yeah, I, I need to walk and do massage and do things for my body because I tend to embody that stuff. So for me, it tends to be physical things, right? And I notice for me, like in the winter and it's zero degrees outside, I'm just not walking. And I can tell that I get I gotta stay busy, I gotta do stuff rather than being real rounded. The other thing that I do for me, and I do encourage other people to do this, is not worry about the end result. Think about where you're going and then just do what is in front of you today. Because people don't write because they're afraid of the books is going to be published. They don't write because they're afraid they're throwing Uncle Joe under the bus, or they don't know what their mother's going to think about the book. So they don't write. And so you have to think about, I just am going to write today. And see where that goes and not worry about the end result. And the same thing in business, running my business. Like I have goals and we have, you know, financial goals and team goals and all those kinds of things. And sometimes we hit them and sometimes we don't. And I have to just, okay, what's next? What's today? What's the next step? And just stay in that and not get all freaked out about an end result that may or may not be
0: in my control. Yeah, just take it day by day. I think that's really good advice, especially. I know people who are trying to write books that, and you, like, like you said, they're just afraid of the book that hasn't been written yet. Right. And it's so easy for them to t- talk themselves out of it. And sometimes it seems very daunting where they have maybe five pages down and they're like, this is not enough. I need to get to a thousand pages. I need to get to 200 pages. Right. But they're, it's all in their head and it's hard for them to not navigate through because it gets so in, like, in that warm hole. And there's writing
1: prompts. There's all kinds of tips and hacks and things you can do to help you get over that. What I I hold um, open writing sessions and my clients come and we just write together and I give writing prompts and it's like, just write garbage. It doesn't matter. I took an art class once and we had to paint a hundred pairs. And I tell you, it's, it's daunting and it's frustrating and it's boring and then somewhere around pair 70 is whoa i'm just painting blue blobs and then somewhere along the way you get your own creative flow because you work through so much other stuff you mm-hmm. get to your flow and writings like that you just have to write and eventually you get your writer's voice your way of writing you know if you can write every day it 7 a.m. or not right everybody has a different way of writing but most of it's an excuse
0: mm-hmm. most,
1: I don't have my favorite pen I can't write oh I don't have time <laughs> this morning at seven I can't write I don't write three days in a row I've given up right there's I can't go to the mountains for a week so I guess I won't bother writing. it's all just excuses things that we tell ourselves why we can't instead of why we can
0: yeah and we don't celebrate the small wins if you sat down for 20 minutes and wrote something, that's 20 minutes more that you have on, that like you've I, written.
1: I, we don't celebrate small wins. I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But no, I, I agree. And as you're saying that, because I'm currently in the process of finishing a book myself. So right. some of those excuses, I was like, oh, she caught me. I, I've been thinking of those things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I want to know about your book.
0: Yeah, it's on my research. I I focused on employee retention and turnover. So I'm talking about toxic work environments and how that affects um, the individual.
1: Think about if everyone was free to just live through their heart at work. Mm -hmm. It would be less toxic if they really were in their heart and not in their anger or in their emotion, right? People get that confused. So I just want to say that. But if we were able to come in with our heart, with heart and emotion, it's not the same thing.
0: No, yeah. Not, and that's the perspective that I want to show is that it's beyond the problems that they're facing is not, it's face value. There's something that's way more, they're putting more emotion into it. So they really have to peel the onion and try to get past what they see and actually understand a person as a person and not as a toxic veil. Right. Yeah, but this has been such a fantastic conversation. And we're at the point where I'm going to ask you the last question, Okay. Uh, which is, The whole purpose, unicorns, creating unicorns here. So it's really hard for people, and I think we touched you touched a little bit about this with purpose, to seek their purpose and seek out their dream and do what they want to do. I think sometimes we do the safe option, at least what we think is safe, get a nine-to-five job that we not necessarily feed our family, make what we can, and not necessarily enjoy our life. So what are some things that people can do? And I call these people unicorns because they're willing to make the risk to seek their dreams, their passion, their happiness so that they can go that route.
1: So I've had clients who have quit their job and had babies to feed and it does not work out well. So I don't ever say do it at risk of being homeless because that doesn't help. You got to have the basics. you got to have a roof over your head, be able to eat pay your light bill, and whatever else you want. So I think there is a place where if you're on your own, it's totally okay to quit your job, take a risk, move to India, whatever you want to do. But if you've got babies at home, think it through a little bit. Because I have had clients who've taken a big leap because some coach said, just take the leap and go. And that's, that is a very awesome thing that will happen But on the third dimension, we're in a different time. And so it may not happen in time to keep your baby spread. So what you can do in the meantime, if you're not in a place where you can just quit and throw everything to the wind, number one, really focus in on how you're sharing your heart and do more of that and really lean into your purpose. Know that you're here for a purpose. Know that things happen for you, not to you. So if you're in a job you hate, What is that about? I was talking to my son-in-law who has a boss who just not communicative, just doesn't talk to him. I said, You have to be the bigger person here. This is your opportunity to learn how to be communicative, to learn how to be a great communicator and express your feelings. This is a perfect opportunity for you to grow into it, even though he really wants to quit. And so there are things like that you can do to use them as growing experiences to Be more of yourself. I always recommend people have hobbies because especially in the U.S., we tend to throw everything into our work, think that's all there is. Everything we do has to be monetized. Oh, you like to paint. Throw your paintings up on eBay or Etsy, right? It's like we have to monetize it and that just squeezes all the fun and creativity out of it. And so if you're in a situation at work or somewhere in life that you don't like or even more you really want to get at it, do something different, find a hobby, do some gratitude, right? We all know about gratitude. It will help you know that things are happening for you, not to you, and that we all have a lifetime to get where we're going. And so just because we want it to change right now today doesn't mean it's going to happen that way. might take a week, a month, or a year, or a decade, but you keep the vision, you keep the faith, you make the changes you're able to make, Don't put so much pressure on you that I'm in this job I hate and I want to be a six-figure business by 45 days from now because someone online told me I could. I was was putting pressure on yourself that may or may not be realistic.
0: Yeah, and it's a sense of instant gratification that we, we keep wanting it. We want it today. A lot of us want it right now. But anything that is worthwhile and usually takes time and effort, so we have to be patient for it.
1: We do. And just keep the faith. Right, put one put in front of the other, keep being who you are. know, you're here for a reason and a purpose, and being alive on the planet is enough, even though you may be in a place where you feel frustrated or not valued right now. Somebody somewhere you're making a difference.
0: Oh yeah, completely agree. This has been such a wonderful interview <laughs> okay. you've given us you've given us so many good golden nuggets that we can take today, so if somebody wants to hire you. Enroll in one of your master classes or just seek out any with any questions. How can they get in contact with you?
1: Thank you. The easiest way is to go to theauthorpath.com. I have several websites, but that's the easiest one to spell and find theauthorpath.com. And then there's links to my master classes, links to me, links to publishing, all kinds of things.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Of course. And for the um, listeners, a quick reminder, if you actually go to my website at dot consultingcom go to the Unicorn Wall of Fame, you'll find Michelle on there on the Unicorn Wall of Fame um, with a small blog with all the links that she just mentioned. And you'll be able to uh, click the links there or you can go to the show notes. Thank you once again. This has been a pleasure. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. I truly appreciate you listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on your favorite platform. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. Until next time, this is Dr. Jaime G. Ragosa signing off.